Hey everyone, quick heads up that today's episode is our last on swimming, and we'll be taking a few weeks off for the holidays. But don't worry, we're coming back with a handful of episodes on circles, which we'll begin publishing on January 18th, the week of circles anniversary and Mac's birthday. Again, we will return to analyze circles beginning Tuesday, January 18th. I hope you all enjoy the holidays, and thank you so much for listening. Everything ends, but what do endings even mean? Every ending creates a beginning. One cannot exist without the other. They are bonded together, creating one fluid, continuous experience, like the infinity symbol, or yin-yang, or a circle. Mac Miller understood this idea well. In one of our favorite quotes at the time of swimming, Mac reflected on what he would tell his younger self, saying, quote, Everything has so much weight, but it's all just chapters. It's all just pieces of the story. There's going to be a next part. It's not a big deal. It's not. That's the thing. Trust. The more I trust in who I am as a human being, the more I'm like, okay, this will kind of all figure itself out, unquote. This wisdom permeates throughout swimming, an album whose central motif, water, so perfectly captures this continuity between beginnings and ends, life and death, as water is the replenishing source of life that can just as easily pull you under. But even death, the ultimate individual end, is not the end. There was a time before you, there will be a time after you, and everything will kind of figure itself out. For life to continue, it has to. And so today we come to the final track of Swimming, a song that is at once an end and a new beginning. A song that was the last thing Mac ever posted about on the day he passed. A song that captures both the closure and complete lack of closure that most accurately resembles our lives and existence. From Spotify, I'm Cole Kushna, and this is Dissect, long-form musical analysis broken into short, digestible episodes. Today we continue our serialized analysis of Mac Miller's Swimming with its final track, So It Goes. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com.
have the world in the palm of your hands, you still might drop it. And everybody want to reach inside your pockets. So It Goes was produced by Mac Miller, with additional production by John Bryan. In terms of its harmony, the track is relatively simple, oscillating between two chords the entire song, C major 7 and D minor played on a guitar. As we'll find out by the end of this episode, there's more in the meets the ear with these two chords, as they will come to represent something incredibly significant by the song's end, or should we say beginning. Next, Mac adds a simple drum loop, consisting of just a kick drum and snare drum with the wire turned off, which gives it a more muted, hollow sound. Next, a subtle synth played by John Bryan enters the track. While this synth begins rather simply, it will grow in complexity and prominence as the track progresses, something we'll want to keep top of mind as we continue our analysis. Finally, in the opening moments of So It Goes, we hear another element, ambient background noise of a dog barking, and Mac enthusiastically yelling back at the dog. Mac's affinity for dogs is clear to anyone who's followed his career. On his MTV reality show, Mac Miller and the Most Dope Family, we saw Mac adopt a dog, Ralphie, along with his sister, Lauren. And while the dog barking here on So It Goes is reportedly Myron, who Mac adopted in 2017, we can look back at Mac's reflections on losing Ralphie in 2014 to see what symbolic weight and resonance he found in their companionship. So yeah, no, I, I see the love that you have for him. No, so. no, no, it's just real. That dog saved my life, so. Right. How'd he save your life? Don't get deep with me. Come on, man. <laughs> if you can't get deep with me, no, who can no, you get deep with? No, 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 no. Um, no, I mean, it's just like, you know, to keep it real, like, uh, the, 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 I, I believe in, in, like, dogs being, like, reflections of yourself and your soul in them. So, like, they're, that, you know, it was nice to have the little homie. To Mac, the relationship he had with his dog allowed for a reflection of his innermost self. This is also felt in the iconic lyric from Mac's song Grand Finale, God lives in my dog's soul, the devil in his dog bowl. If Mac saw dogs as a reflection of his innermost self, then it stands to reason that he also sees God in himself, and the devil in his dog's bowl is symbolic of substances, of consumption, of those things that can distance us from our divinity. Knowing the symbolic importance he sees in dogs, hearing Mac interact with Myron at the beginning of So It Goes is a raw, touching moment. But there's also another possible layer to this intro we have to address, and to do so, we have to back up a moment and acknowledge the likely origins of the song's title, So It Goes, a phrase that was most famously used in one of the more popular pieces of American literature, Slaughterhouse-Five by Kurt Vonnegut. Slaughterhouse-Five was inspired by Vonnegut's own experience in World War II and surviving the horrific firebombing of Dresden, Germany. The story details the life of Billy Pilgrim, who, like Vonnegut, survived the bombing of Dresden only Pilgrim eventually becomes abducted by aliens from the planet Tralfamador. Unlike humans, these aliens have the ability to perceive time as a landscape. To quote the novel, all moments, past, present, and future, always have existed, always will exist. 
the Tralfamadorians can see how permanent all the moments are, and they can look at any moment that interests them. It's just an illusion we have here on Earth that one moment follows another, like beads on a string, and that once a moment is gone, it's gone forever, unquote. Billy Pilgrim and Vonnegut both famously adopt the Tralfamadorian saying in response to any death, so it goes. This phrase appears more than 100 times in the novel, used any time a death is described or even alluded to. It's a phrase of acceptance, an acknowledgement of the inevitability of death, a phrase that takes on the full weight of mortality. It's also a phrase Max saw fit to end his magnum opus with. Fittingly, Slaughterhouse-Five contains a motif of barking dogs, also tied tangentially to death. Specifically, there are four instances of the sentence, somewhere a dog barked, used as a forewarning. When Billy Pilgrim is abducted by aliens, a big dog barks in the distance. When Pilgrim is taken as a prisoner of war in Germany, he again hears a dog. And it's in this instance Vonnegut clues us in on its symbolic meaning, quote, Somewhere a dog barked. With the help of fear and echoes and winter silences, that dog had a voice like a big bronze gong, unquote. In Western music, a gong is typically used to intensify the impression of fear or horror. And it would seem Vonnegut here is doing something similar with barking dogs preceding pivotal events in which the character feels his life is in danger. Along with these more ominous appearances, Slaughterhouse-Five's opening chapter shows a dog in a different light. It's here that the story's narrator, Vonnegut himself, describes his desire to write a book about his war experience. He tells us of his troubles trying to find people to talk to, but finds solace in the company of his dog, Sandy. Quote, and I let the dog out, or I let him in, and we talk some. I let him know I like him, and he lets me know he likes me. He doesn't mind the smell of mustard gas and roses, unquote. Importantly, the smell of mustard gas and roses is used here to describe the narrator's breath after he has been drinking all night, and this same description returns at the very end of the novel, the final page, actually. It's here that in the aftermath of the horrendous firebombing of Dresden that killed over 25,000 people, Billy Pilgrim and other survivors attempt to bury the dead. Quote, there were hundreds of corpse mines operating by and by. They didn't smell bad at first, were wax museums, but then the bodies rotted and liquefied, and the stink was like roses and mustard gas, so it goes, unquote. Here, roses, those beautiful flowers with bones that pick, and mustard gas, a tool of biochemical warfare, both appear simultaneously as products of alcohol, war, and death. It's a tragically beautiful combination of elegance and ugliness in line with so much of Mac Miller's work on swimming. And, in the end, all that can be said is, so it goes. Or, as Mac Miller said back on What's the Use, it is what it is. We of course don't know if Mac was aware of this dog motif in Slaughterhouse-Five, or if he purposefully used the audio of his dog as anything more than some fun ambience. But, given that the title So It Goes does feel like a direct nod to Vonnegut's book, the dog as companion and the barking dog foreshadowing some pivotal, possibly deadly event, joins a number of ear connections, intentional or not, to Mac's own life and death we're going to discover on this track. Indeed, the intricacy of the Slaughterhouse-Five illusion throughout the track cannot be underestimated. War and consumption are intertwined. Good humor faces doom. Like Vonnegut, Mac begins his song with an acknowledgement of canine companionship, perhaps as a remedy to the unsolvable problems of man, and the alert of a barking dog prepares us for a turning point, an end. So it goes. Have the world in the palm of your hands, you still might drop it. And everybody wanna reach inside your pockets. I tell them, red light, stop it, shit. That give me more headaches than alcoholics. There was nothing in my life. Mac begins, so it goes, rapping one of its refrains. You could have the world in the palm of your hands, you still might drop it. 
To have anything in the palm of your hands demonstrates complete control or mastery, which Mac immediately reveals to be an illusion. There's nothing you can hold for very long, and swimming on this blue planet requires constant effort and adaptation in the face of ever-changing tides. These lines also specifically evoke success, that you can have everything, money, power, influence, but you're always at risk of losing it all. Throughout his career, Mac seemed to seriously consider this dynamic, as well as the responsibility and weight that came with his influence. On his debut album, Blue Slide Park, Mac decided that having the world in the palm of your hands wouldn't mean anything unless you changed it for the better. Mac's intuition of improving the world while he holds it was also felt as recently as the previous track on Swimming 2009. There he rapped, weight of the world, I gotta carry my own. With these arms, I can carry you home. I'm right here when you're scared and alone. Even in the actual year 2009, when a 17-year-old Malcolm McCormick was still dreaming of success, he wrote on his blog, quote, I don't want to be a performer. I want to make a difference in the world. I realize that my voice is through music. All I want to do is change the way people see the world, and I believe I have the power to do just that, unquote. And while Mac's progressive ambitions are admirable, he also expressed moments where he felt like the responsibility of influence was too much. On the 2013 track, I Am Who Am, Mac rapped, I waste away in this room spitting out raps. Yahweh put the world in my hands, I'm giving it back. It's clear the symbolism of having the world in your hands was important to Mac. While he pondered over this for years, oscillating between wanting to use this power to improve the world and wanting to give up the mantle of responsibility, it seems Mac recognized the true nature of achieving anything. That is, any progress, anything attained, anything held, can be lost. Thus, we need to prepare for both states, having and having lost. Mac then continues so it goes, lamenting, and everybody want to reach inside your pockets. I tell them red light, stop it. Shit, that gave me more headaches than alcoholics. While Mac looks at the world from on high, those on the surface are concerned with survival, competition, and exploitation, as they seemingly attempt to take advantage of him. When Mac says red light, there are added vocal layers pitched higher and made warbly, indicating distress. The red light reference also continues the car and travel motif we've heard on swimming. Mac is looking for green lights and healthy passengers, not red lights and exploitative friends. Mac then pairs dealing with these red lights to the headaches of alcoholics, indicative of their symbolic bond. Those headaches might refer to hangovers or withdrawal headaches that occur when shifting to sobriety. Either way, Mac feels pain in trying to control the actions of others or prevent himself from losing anything. This reference to empty pockets then bridges into verse 1, where Mac begins rapping about a time when he didn't have any money. Mac begins verse 1 rapping, There was nothing in my wallet, just a lot of dreaming. Mac brings us back to the beginning, back to a time when there was nothing to take from his pockets. This is Mac before wealth and success, before he had the figurative world in the palms of his hand and still dreamed of making it big. 
He then flashes forward in the next line, I built a crib on top of the promised land, we'll call it even. Here Mac brags about building a house, a symbol of success, on top of the promised land, a religious reference to the land God gave to Abraham and his descendants in the Old Testament, which might be a nod to Mac's Jewish roots. More casually, the term promised land is used to mean any type of satisfying achievement or a state of realized dreams, which would fit Mac's previous line about dreaming and the notion of having the world in the palm of your hand. Mac saying we'll call it even implies that the promised land was never given to him, which seems to itself imply that he earned it or took it. Building a crib on top of the same land thus feels like a major flex of achievement, the fulfillment of his dream. The boasting continues, I bring more flavor to all the seasons, Winter, spring, summer, fall, the grass is always greener till I cut it all. Mac here cleverly uses seasons two ways, as both the seasons of weather and the seasoning that gives food complex flavors. Throughout swimming, we've seen weather as a metaphor for varying moods and emotional states. Here in a boastful state, it feels like Mac is claiming to have surpassed these shifting emotions, at least for now. The grass is always greener nods to the phrase, the grass is always greener on the other side of the fence, a phrase meaning that we often think that what others have is greater than what we have. Given the previous weather reference, Mac might be talking about how others look at him. That is, the grass looks greener around Mac in his promised land crib. But then Mac says he'll cut it all, meaning he'll cut the grass, that he'll destroy the facade that his life is so much better than ours. Throughout swimming, Mac has shown us the interior struggles that take place in that promised land crib, proving that money and success don't always solve everything, that he still gets headaches, he still deals with anxiety and stress. The cut-it-all line might also implicate drugs, such as cocaine, which is cut, or weed, which is sometimes called grass. If this is the case, Mac could be saying he feels things could get better or greener, but that he cuts that possibility out by instead staying on his side of the proverbial fence, doing drugs and cutting the outside world off. Then, as if building walls up around him, Mac raps, Please leave me to my studies. I give you no applause. This desire to stay inside is both a boast of Mac's high intelligence and artistry, but also we know there's a danger in him getting stuck inside, especially after a drug reference. Mac doesn't have the ability to applaud anyone else because he says, quote, My hand's been counting money, and it's hard to be the boss, but somebody's got to do it. This is followed by a deep voice stating, It gets so exhausting. On one level, Mac is saying he's so tired from counting money, and feigns reluctance about being the one with so much wealth and power. But Mac has already lamented about money causing trouble on the hook. He's also specific about referencing his hands that count the money, which feels like a callback to you can have the world in the palm of your hands, you still might drop it. Thus, we suspect Mac is actually tired of being in the limelight. When the added vocal creates a deep distortion on the phrase, it gets so exhausting, Mac evokes trouble and darkness, as if overburdened by wealth. Thus, these lines are simultaneously a flex and an emission of weakness. Seemingly acknowledging his hubris, Mac raps, often with the bullshit, and baby, I've been through it enough for both of us, so come over later and we won't let no one close to us, we could be posted up. Throughout swimming, bullshit has been used as code for indulgence and or mental health struggles, and here seems no different. The drums even cut out when he says bullshit, and a weird out-of-tune synth hits, accentuating the dissonance and unrest associated with the word. Mac then describes secluding himself indoors, presumably in the crib he built on the promised land in order to avoid conflicts outside. He also invites an unnamed woman for a late-night visit. This scenario sounds eerily similar to the oblivion section of self-care, when he's saying, let's go back to my crib and play some 45s. It's safe in there. I know there's still a war outside. We can spend our nights all liquored up, our mornings high. Can you feel it now? In both scenarios, Mac is trying to stay inside for intimacy, but also seclusion, protection, and indulgence. He's even trying to take shots with both. 
he's liquored up in self-care, and the phrase posted up used in So It Goes refers to a basketball player positioned in the post in order to get a scoring opportunity, that is, to take a shot. Yeah. Okay, well, you can have the world in the palm of your hands, you still might drop it. And everybody want to reach inside your pocket, so it goes. It's like in every conversation, we the topic. This narcissism more like narcotics, so it goes. Mike repeats the beginning of the chorus, well, you could have the world in the palms of your hand, you still might drop it, and everybody want to reach inside your pockets. But then Max shifts, where earlier he tried to stop that thievery, now he raps, so it goes. This is an acceptance of loss. People want to take from his pockets, okay, that happens, keep going. It's a breakthrough of acceptance, felt in the pause between so it goes and the next line when Mac raps, it's like every conversation, we the topic, this narcissism, more like narcotics, so it goes. After accepting the possible loss of money, Mac positions himself as the center of attention, but then immediately calls out the peril of that hubris by comparing it to drug use. As we mentioned before, this phrase, so it goes, is almost certainly a reference to Slaughterhouse-Five and its infamous over-repetition of so it goes as a memento mori, a reminder of the inevitability of death. This calls to mind Mac carving the words memento mori into his coffin in the music video for self-care. This phrase evoking death is used as a reminder to live, to maximize your time on earth. We see here that so it goes functions in a similar manner. People want to steal from my pockets. My ego sometimes gets the best of me. So it goes. That's life. Let's not let these things bog us down because life is too short. We're all going to die soon enough anyway. Well, everybody gather round. I'm still standing, sit down. Matt continues the chorus, now adding a new part. He begins, while everybody gather round, I'm still standing, sit down. Mac here is assuming the storyteller position, the cornerstone of human history and civilization. As if standing in the center of a circle, emphasized by gather round, Mac is operating as a leader, sharing knowledge. The Mac is quote-unquote still standing is a testament to his strength and perseverance, his ability to stay afloat after taking all the punches we've seen on swimming. It's this experience that gives him the ability to provide wisdom to those of us listening. He then sings, I know I've been out, but now I'm back in town, so I show you the ropes. If swimming was a traditional narrative, this would be the hero's return home at the end of the story. Having undergone their journey, they come home with new knowledge, able to share it with their community. On the ending credits this song embodies, Mac wants to communicate the core reverberation and wisdom of the album. But what is it? What are these ropes? That's right after the break. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, 
tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Welcome back to Dissect. Before the break, Mac proclaimed himself back in town, ready to share some central wisdom with us, his community. It's after this buildup that Mac reveals what the wisdom is. It's just three words. So it goes. Show you the ropes. So go, so go, so go. Da, 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 da. Promising to show us the ropes, Mac breaks into a sing-song, almost anthemic delivery, repeating So It Goes over and over in between carefree, jubilant chants of la-da-da-da-da-da-da. We also hear more ambient background noise, the chatter of friends, some of whom join in singing with Mac. This atmosphere reminds us of the song's beginning, with Mac now engaged with even more than his dog, going from man's best friend to all of his friends. With So It Goes being a mantra of acceptance, the overall effect of this chorus feels like a celebration of life, a communal anthem of existence. On Swimming, Mac has oscillated through multiple emotional states of being, and as the album comes to a close, he finds a way to accept it all. It's beautiful, joyous, and the group vocals feels like an invitation to join in and enjoy this moment together at the end of the album's journey. And given that the phrase So It Goes ends up being the wisdom Mac wants to share with us, we might look again to Slaughterhouse 5 for more contextualization of this concept, of accepting everything that comes in our life so that we may appreciate the good times. Towards the end of the novel, Kurt Vonnegut addresses the reader directly, quote, If what Billy Pilgrim learned from the Tralfamadorians is true, that we will all live forever, no matter how dead we may sometimes seem to be, I am not overjoyed. Still, if I'm going to spend eternity visiting this moment and that, I'm grateful that so many of those moments are nice, unquote. This was a concept seemingly near and dear to Vonnegut's heart, a lesson he constantly repeated in lectures and speeches, most often by telling a story of his beloved Uncle Alex, who knew the importance of acknowledging the good times. But what Uncle Alex found objectionable about so many human beings is that they so seldom noticed it when they were happy. And so we would be sitting under an apple tree, for instance, on a July afternoon drinking lemonade and, you know, talking about this and that, and it's practically buzzy like honeybees. And Uncle Alex would stop everything and say, if this, wait a minute, stop. If this isn't nice, I don't know what is. And so he would do that again and again. And it was very good advice, and I've taken it up. And I hope that you will take up this habit, too, of noticing when things are really awfully nice and say, if this isn't nice, I don't know what is. As we hear Mac and his friends join in boisterous, celebratory singing, we understand this is a real moment of felt joy. Mac is out of his head and in the moment, singing his heart out. 
He has swam through stressful waters to experience this relief. It's truly a special moment, importantly placed at the end of his magnum opus, a pinnacle achievement of Mac's life and career. And if this isn't nice, I don't know what is. Special delivery coming to you live with the endless artillery. Always down the ride. My eyes on the enterprise. Nine lives never die. Fuck a heaven, I'm still getting high. Never mind. Did I mention I'm fine? Cause her pussy getting wetter when the weather dry. Clementine peeling off and everyone get left behind. I'm only five. Mac begins the second verse rapping. This is a special delivery coming to you live with the endless artillery. He's introducing the verse as something special and real, with coming to you live mimicking live television or performance. The endless artillery reminds us when Matt claimed he would never run out of jet fuel, and we see again he's capable of taking infinite shots, whether that be taking chances or shots of alcohol. He continues, always down to ride, my eyes on the enterprise. Being down to ride means ready for action or willing to take part in what is typically a dangerous or illegal activity, which ties back into Mac having endless artillery. Mac's eyes being on the Enterprise seems like a play on the phrase, eye on the prize, communicating Mac's focus. But considering the down-to-ride insinuates a car or vehicle, we realize Mac is also making a clever reference to the company Enterprise, which rents vehicles. He might even be nodding to the main spaceship in Star Trek named the Enterprise, possibly continuing the thread of Mac being in a spaceship on Conversation Part 1. This ego and stunting turns to mortal defiance as Mac continues, Nine lives, never die, fuck a heaven, I'm still getting high. The nine lives here cites the adage that cats have nine lives due to the fact they are extremely deft and often land on their feet when falling or thrown. By proxy, this seems to imply that Mac himself has escaped a handful of deadly situations, and since he immediately ties this notion to getting high, we suspect those deadly situations involve drugs. His feeling of invincibility and immortality causes him to say, fuck a heaven, since he feels he can reach those heights himself with drugs. It's a chilling few bars in retrospect, as Max seems to be fully indulging in the pleasures of substances without caution. That is, until he pauses, as if he realizes he's talking out loud, not to himself. As he then says, never mind, did I mention I'm fine? Perhaps this is Mac being self-aware, knowing that those last few bars were over the top and would cause some to worry about him. This pressure to let everyone know he's fine was something that he talked about during the time of Swimming's release. Those things are important, you know, and you get the you get the urge and, and the itch to tell people, don't worry, I'm OK. Don't worry, I'm OK. Because, you know, like I have people that care about me and, and fans that that love my music. And it's a beautiful, a beautiful relationship with them of, of people who have been with me through being a 19 year old wide eyed kid to being a self-destructive, depressed drug user to you know making love music to all these different stages and then they see something like that and they worry so your first reaction is let me tell them i'm cool and so it goes mac offers another rationale for why he has to put himself together and appear fine he raps because her pussy getting wetter when the weather dry given the previous nine lives cat reference mac's use of pussy here is a clever continuation we also get another use of the weather motif with warm weather typically representing happiness, which has the intriguing effect of making his partner wetter or more attracted to him. But dry is also used to mean getting sober, or at least having a body that is free of substances in that particular moment. In this scenario, Mac would be saying his partner is more attracted to him when he's not under the influence, 
We know Mac's substance use caused issues in his relationship in real life, so this interpretation would seem to bear some truth, especially after he just said he puts himself together and appears fine because her pussy getting wetter when the weather dry. This thread of drugs and a woman continue with the following line, Clementine peeling off and everyone get left behind. This is one of the more complex lines of the entire track, offering a handful of possible interpretations. Clementine, a woman's name, is also a citrus fruit hybrid between a mandarin orange and a sweet orange. Clementines are sweeter and juicier than the typical orange, which relates to the pussy getting wetter in the sunny weather needed to grow citrus. You also have to peel clementines to eat them, which seems to be why Max says peeling off to describe this woman driving away, leaving everyone behind, including possibly Mac himself. We heard a similar scenario described back on Perfecto when Mac rapped, bare feet, running late, her car started, even though the only thing that she's driving a hard bargain. We interpreted these lines as a personification of his addiction to substances. Fittingly, Clementine is also a sativa-dominant energizing strain of marijuana, which relates back to Mac stating he's still getting high. And so just like Perfecto, we get another instance of Mac interweaving women, drugs, and driving. Still, there might be more to Mac choosing to specifically call this woman figure Clementine. The most famous instance of this name being used as a term of endearment comes from the American folk ballad, Oh My Darling Clementine. While most of us likely know the main refrain of the song, Less known is the song's narrative, which is about a woman who falls into a river and can't be rescued by her lover because, wait for it, they can't swim. To quote the song, Alas, I was no swimmer, so I lost my clementine. Perhaps this connection to swimming is unintentional, but if Max somehow meant it, he's perfectly matched the imagery of losing love because of an inability to jump in and swim. If you don't get in, you get left behind, or as Max said, peeling off and everyone get left behind. Finally, there's one last possible layer to the Clementine name choice. If you listen closely, you'll hear an outside synth note play as Max says Clementine, a synth played by John Bryan. Max sought out a musical relationship with John Bryan because he had a deep respect and admiration for his work, which includes Bryan's original score for the 2004 film Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. It was clear Mac loved this movie. He mentioned it in interviews and even called it out by name in some of his songs. Here's Of the Soul from Blue Slide Park. For those of you who haven't seen the film, definitely watch it immediately. But in short, it's about two lovers, Joel and Clementine, who have a fight. And Clementine impulsively has a brain procedure that erases all her memories of the relationship. She peeled off her memories and left Joel behind. Max's use of Clementine feels purposeful then, and gives us another reason why he phrased the previous line the way he did, as her pussy getting wetter when the weather dry seems to allude to the film's title, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, as dry weather relates to sunshine, and spotless mind, within the context of So It Goes, might be another way to say a dry or sober mind. Bravo, Mac. Bravo. Clementine peeling off and everyone get left behind. I'm only five seven seven. I'm feeling like I'm seven five. Damn it, cross planets interstellar neverland. Not a Jackson pack with action. So what's happening, my man? No relaxing, kicking back. Just ain't exactly in the plan. I can't get no satisfaction. Goddamn. 
They saying I've been gone too long I could just tell them fuck you But that come on too strong My God, it go on and on Just like a circle I go back where I'm from Matt continues verse 2 boasting, I'm only 5'7", except I'm feeling like I'm 7'5". Mac's actual height doesn't match how high he feels, so he flips the numbers around. Even though he may have just been left by his darling Clementine, Mac is still able to feel good, either because he's accepted everything, he's confident in himself, and or because he's getting high. Circling the numbers like this also exemplifies the revolving feelings of reality and fantasy, interconnected, even if seemingly different. He then continues, damn it, cross planets, interstellar, never land, not a Jackson packed with action, so what's happening, my man? He's flying around in his spaceship, never running out of jet fuel. He references both the Neverland Ranch, the infamous home of Michael Jackson, as well as the 1988 film Action Jackson. This fury of references show Mac blazing with rap bravado, embodying the gargantuan stature to show off his wordplay and skill, which he then uses to confront both us and himself with, so what's happening, my man? If Mac is scorching his way through the cosmos, what are we doing that could possibly compare? Cleverly, Mac's flow during the syllabic barrage is quicker and more intense than his previous bars, a bit of text painting where the delivery of the words resemble what the words are saying. This is made even more obvious in the next lines, no relaxing, kicking back, this ain't exactly in the plan, I can't get no satisfaction, goddamn. True to his constant motion, he can't kick back and relax, which feels like a nod to his music career and the constant need to create content for people to consume, which often comes at the cost of his well-being. Caught between a rock and a hard place, Mac is unable to feel content in action or rest, and he voices this frustration with a reference to the classic Rolling Stones song, I Can't Get No Satisfaction. Given Mac just talked about his non-stop energy and motion, a rolling stone feels like an appropriate symbol, as a rolling stone is literally a constantly moving circle. Also, I Can't Get No Satisfaction is from the Stones album titled, Out of Our Heads. Recall Mac told us on the first song on Swimming that the journey of the album was to find a way out of his head. Mac then continues voicing more frustration, rapping, They saying I've been gone too long, I could just tell him fuck you, but that come on too strong. This seems to specifically address the two years he took in between releasing The Divine Feminine and Swimming, the longest he'd ever taken to release a project, which left some in the public and press impatient. For instance, in spring of 2018, Hot New Hip Hop reported, quote, Mac Miller's absence has been noted, taking a respite to presumably play roles of husband aspirant to longtime sweetheart Ariana Grande. Mac has left fans with a cliffhanger by the way of the Divine Feminine. We certainly lament his departure from the game and eagerly await his triumphant return, unquote. And this was a supportive report. Of course, there were others with more harsh judgment for Mac's apparent absence. Knowing this, it makes sense that Mac wants to say fuck you to everyone pushing him faster than he wants to go. He's finally come to a place of relief, of accepting his own pace, but struggles against a world that wants to push him to be a rolling stone, that chastises his relaxing. Exasperated by the world, Mac then raps as his final line from his final verse on the album's final song, My God, it go on and on, just like a circle I go back where I'm from. Like the rest of the verse, these bars contain multitudes, showcasing Mac's lyrical brilliance and fine attention to detail, especially as we near the end of the song and album. Most immediately, Mac cleverly continues the Rolling Stone nod, as a Rolling Stone goes on and on, moving continuously. What exactly goes on and on, at least on the surface, is the pressure of the outside world, particularly Mac releasing music and touring. We've seen this inside-outside motif run throughout swimming, where inside represents comfort and safety, but also seclusion and isolation, which for Mac is often paired with the lure of drugs and alcohol. On the other hand, outside represents the outside world, a place where he can shine, where he can live, gain experiences, and form bonds with others 
but it also comes with what he describes as a war of conflicts, pressures, and social anxiety. In this way, with Mac feeling pressure from the outside world, going back where he's from seems to suggest he's going back inside, hidden away from the war outside. Also, the phrase, it go on and on, likely calls back to On and On by Erica Badu from Baduism, one of Mac's favorite albums of all time. Recall this was the song sampled on self-care and has the lyric, I was born under water with three dollars and six dimes, which contains both the water symbolism of swimming as well as the 360 degrees of a circle. Fittingly, right before this line, Erica Badu herself makes a reference to a rolling stone. Erica Badu's On and On acutely focuses on divinity and spirituality, which Mac also incorporates in his own line, particularly with the inclusion of My God, it go on and on, just like a circle I go back where I'm from. Following the spiritual thread of this line, this might allude to the biblical phrase from ashes to ashes, dust to dust, the idea that our bodies are made of earth and will return to the earth when we die, a cyclical journey. Meanwhile, the earth simultaneously spins while rotating around the sun, each being circular rotations. This universal, all-encompassing reading of the line feels appropriate, since so much of swimming addresses grand existential subjects. Really, Max seems to capture all the time of life with these lines. With the passage of time operating as a god, the grand existential it goes on and on forever, and Mac finds himself using a circle to capture his movement as he goes around the world, or around his head, or to and from any of the oscillating and simultaneous dichotomies we have examined this season. These cyclical patterns of the human experience are unrelenting. We feel great one moment and like shit the next. We improve for a little while only to fall short again. We win, we lose, over and over and over again until we die. So it goes. The grand lesson of swimming is to come to terms with this inevitability and savor the beautiful moments when we're lucky enough to be graced with them. Of course, while it wasn't public knowledge at the time of Swimming's release, these final lines of the final verse importantly lay the groundwork for his already planned follow-up album Circles, a lyrical link bonding the projects together. But really, this circle motif is just getting started. Perhaps the biggest revelation is tied to what happens after Max says this line. He recites the chorus once more, asking everyone to gather round, like a circle. Only this time, the synthesizer that's been growing prominence throughout the track really comes to the forefront. As Mac recites the chorus once more, he stands at the center of the circles, sharing his wisdom with us. And just as he said he's like a circle, going back where he's from, we realize that the circular motif has been present in this chorus the whole time. That is, he's been out of town, but he's back now, returning from where he came. Perhaps this is the way it goes, in circles, for all of us, always. Then as this final chorus continues, we hear Mac and friends once again chant the universal refrain, so it goes. Only now those rising synths all but take over the musical texture, enveloping Mac and company in a gorgeous, ethereal weightlessness. (laughs) 
At this point, the phrase So It Goes, Mac's last words on the album, is the purifying absolution of surrendering to the universe, freeing the soul to express joy and to enjoy the moment. For Mac to conclude his arduous album-long journey with this sentiment is both beautiful and heroic. It's an acceptance and love of all things, including death. The carefree la-da-da is one of the purest possible communications of this feeling. Words alone cannot express the understanding and being with the universe's passage of time. Only melody, sound, vibrations from within can come close. This is innocent and learned, youthful and ancient, an expression of music, rhythm, song, and our shared energies. At the same time, we come to the realization that in this moment, Mac has employed one of the most brilliant lyrical strokes of his entire career. Because if you listen to the way Mac and his friends say, so it goes, it becomes clear that they're also saying circles, to the point where the two phrases are indistinguishable from one another. So it goes, so it goes, so it goes. Circles, circles, circles. Somehow, Mac found a homophonic phrase that captures and binds both the end of his journey and the start of a new one. Because everything ends. But what do endings even mean? As we bask in this revelation, we are, like Mac, swept away in this moment, completely out of our heads, the weight of the world lifting from our shoulders. To quote Vonnegut, everything is beautiful and nothing hurts. So now, there's only one thing left to do, ascend. Swimming concludes with a decadent orchestral-like gathering of ascending synthesizers performed by John Bryan, a continuation of what began on the song's final chorus. Turns out Matt gave Bryan specific instructions for what he wished this outro to depict. On the night of September 6, 2018, Mac posted what would be his final two tweets, one of which was about this outro. Quote, The end of So It Goes is so beautiful, man. I told John Bryan to play The Ascension into Heaven, and he nailed it. Unquote. On this same night, Mac would post what would be his final Instagram story. It simply showed his record player in his home studio, playing the final chorus of So It Goes, followed by this ascension into heaven. Tragically, Mac would be pronounced dead less than 12 hours later. With So It Goes being a phrase closely associated with death, and the end of this song being a depiction of the ascent into heaven, the natural bond between the final moments of swimming and the final moments of Mac's physical life are undoubtedly compelling. As Mac himself said about the interaction between his art and his real life, quote, Stuff like that always happens with my music. That shit just connects. You just have to get out of your own way, and everything will just connect for itself, unquote. But we can look back to Mac's former projects and see that ending albums with death is actually a motif that runs throughout his discography. 
that death and rebirth were methods in its constant evolution. As Mac's close collaborator Josh Berg said, quote, At the end of every project, it always felt like we were just getting started. We would laugh about that. It always felt like a new beginning. Some reason I'm like obsessed with albums ending in death. I don't know why, and it's not even necessarily a negative, sad thing. But I, I guess to me, an album is just a life's like it's like a mini lifetime. Recall that on the first episode of this season, we discussed this self-described obsession with ending albums in death, which we can trace as far back as Faces, a project that ends with the song Grand Finale. It's here that Mac entertains his own death, wondering aloud if this might be the final song of his life. Yeah, yeah. If by chance this is my grand finale and bury me in Allegheny County is the, the most hated, so faded that I'm bow-legged. Don't bang. This imagined end-of-life scenario bleeds into the next album, Good AM, a literal wake-up call, a fresh start. This album ends with Yukimi from the band Little Dragon playing what Mac himself described as God welcoming him into heaven. This female god at the end of Good AM sets up Mac's next album, The Divine Feminine, which itself ends with a moving monologue by Mac's grandmother about his deceased grandfather. I feel I just gave him a wonderful life, a good marriage, and a wonderful family, and I know he really had a beautiful life, and I did too. After this monologue, and not unlike the end of Swimming, the Divine Feminine ends with an extended musical outro played by another extraordinary musician, pianist Robert Glasper. As we outlined in this season's first episode, the final chord of the album is musically inconclusive. That is, it doesn't resolve the song. It leaves it hanging, like ending a sentence with dot dot dot. If the piano part were to start over where it began, it would play a C major 7th chord, the very chord swimming begins with, bridging the two albums together harmonically, an ending bonded to a new beginning. My regrets look just like texts I shouldn't send And I got neighbors that this, of course, brings us to Come Back to Earth, the very place we began the journey of swimming. Within the context of the album, we might even say this is the place where Mac is from, which if we believe what he says on So It Goes, he's bound to go back to, like a circle. With this in mind, let's take a closer look at the Ascension into Heaven synth outro John Bryan composed for the end of So It Goes. The part is based on two chords that repeat over and over, the same two chords that Mac plays on guitar, C major 7, and D minor. On top of these chords, Brian plays this rising melody over and over. The cool thing about this melody is that when it's first heard in the final chorus, it begins in a lower register. Over the course of the synth outro, this same melody is played in a higher and higher register. It literally ascends, just like Mac asked. But here's where things get really good. Those two chords, C major 7 and D minor, are actually played on the album's opening track, Come Back to Earth, in a similar manner, oscillating back and forth during the song's B section. In my own way, just feel like living. 
can actually superimpose Max vocals during this part over the outro of So It Goes to hear just how related these two sections are. Directly after this section of Come Back to Earth, a synth enters the track behind Mac's vocals. While I can't say with complete certainty, I'm pretty confident this is the same synth used on the outro of So It Goes, and it also plays a similar rising or ascending melody. Finally, we can take a look at the end of So It Goes and the beginning of Come Back to Earth for what to me is the most compelling connection between these two tracks. So It Goes ends on a C major 7th chord. This C major 7th is the very same chord Come Back to Earth begins with, the very same chord that opens the album. In other words, harmonically speaking, swimming ends where it began. My regrets look just like texts I shouldn't send. With these numerous connections between the opening and closing songs of Swimming, the fact they are both in the same key signature, both have parts that use the same chord progression, both use what sounds like the same synthesizer, and both start and end on the very same chord, Mac has yet again tied another end to a beginning. So not only does the lyrical references to Circles at the end of So It Goes create a bridge into Swimming's companion album Circles, it also clues us in to the structure of swimming itself. Musically, the album ends where it begins, while conceptually, the final rise sets up the opening fall. Swimming is a circle. Turns out Mac did keep his promise to go back to where he is from, because after he ascends into heaven, we're all left here waiting for Mac to come back to earth. I just really want to do like some crazy things that I can look back when this is all said and done and be like some and I could be proud of, of what I've done, you know, and, and really feel like that I've changed something in, the, in a good way for years to come. Any last words? Yeah. Fun is for everyone.